This is a Dreamcast disc and is for use only on a Dreamcast unit. Playing this disc on a hi-fi or other audio equipment can cause serious damage to its speakers. Dreamcast, up to six billion players. Why don't we play together? Hey, 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 it's time to make some crazy money. Are you ready? Here we go! Please stop this disc now. Now, 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 now. Hello and welcome to episode 50, that's half of 100 for those who don't know, episode 50 of the Dreamcast Junkyard DreamPod. My name is Tom and I'm joined by three exquisite co-hosts. We have uh, Mr. Mike Phelan. Hello, Mike. Hello, Tom. Uh, we have Aaron the Gagaman Foster. Hello. And we do actually have a new team member with us. Uh, his name is Damon Philman. Welcome to the uh, to the team, Damon. Thanks, guys. Nice to be here. Damon, the floor is yours. Tell the lovely audience who you are and where you've come from, basically. Who is this new mysterious person that has appeared on the world's premier Dreamcast podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm from uh, America, guys. I live uh, in Philadelphia, which is in a state called Pennsylvania. Um, so first off, I've you know been a huge fan of the website probably since its inception. Um, and a huge fan of the podcast. Um, so I have a background in journalism, uh, a degree in journalism. My work exclusive to gaming. I've, I've done uh, plenty of regular news pieces for uh, National Public Radio here in the States, um, as well as, as a, uh, a ton of local newspapers. But, you know, I've done a lot of work for a website called SegaAddicts.com, which is just uh, a fan website that expands the entire, you know, Sega library. Mm-hmm. In addition to XBLAFans.com, which uh, at the time was a, a fan site dedicated to uh, Xbox Live Arcade, um, which I was a huge fan of for, for many, many years. You know, as you know, the Dreamcast released here in the States on 9999. Uh, I picked it up the day it was released. Uh, you know, I was probably about 13 or 14 at the time. And uh, there's just something about that that console that really resonated with me and I've been a fan ever since and I'm just really impressed with how much support the console still gets to this day and I I think a lot of uh, I attribute a lot of that to the Dreamcast Junkyard and and the work that Tom and the staff has done Um, and I've always thought about reaching out to you Tom to see if I could lend my support Um, I do have a writing background so I'm really happy to uh, to join and hopefully I can provide some insight that uh, maybe I'm more of American viewpoint. I know you have staff that are from from the states, um, but I look forward to working with you guys. So it's really cool to have you on board. Uh, I must say as well that um, of all the people who pester me on Twitter, uh, you were probably the most vocal asking about when new episodes of the Dream Pod were uh, were coming. So uh, thank, yeah, thank you yeah. for that. You are now part of the inner circle. <laughs> That's the only uh, downfall, I think, is I, I can't tolerate the sound of my own voice, so I probably won't be listening to the podcast anymore. But. Yeah, yeah. So I have the same problem. I, can't, I, haven't, I haven't listened to a single podcast I've been on. <laughs> the thing is, when I have to edit these, I have to listen to my own voice, unfortunately, yeah. so uh, I've, I've kind of gotten used to my own horrendous drawl. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great to have you uh, on board, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you, uh, what you come up with. I am a fan of Sega Addicts. I have, I have three Frequented the site, you know, multiple times in the last 
couple of weeks and also XBLA fans uh, I'm aware of that site as well uh, so you've obviously got a, a good background when it comes to like writing about games and Sega in general uh, so yeah welcome we always start the podcasts by going around the room and asking each other what we've played and what we've picked up uh, in the recent weeks obviously we've not been well, there's not been a new episode of the dream pod for about a month now just because we've not really had time to get together and and do this um but uh so that that gives us all you know plenty of time to have picked things up and played new things either on the Dreamcast or on other consoles. Uh, I've not really bought that much stuff uh, for the Dreamcast. I've played with quite a lot of current-gen stuff. I'll go first and explain a couple of things that I've been playing. On the uh, on the Dreamcast, I've picked up uh, Fire Pro Wrestling D, which is the, uh, the 2D sprite-based wrestling game. Uh, I've never played it before uh, yesterday, and it's it's really cool. Really, really good animation. Has anyone else played that? Yep. Yeah, I've got that as well. Um, do you have uh, trouble uh, wrestling with the menus? <laughs> yeah, because it's all in Japanese, so I can't tell what's what. I just keep like hitting buttons and then eventually come to the character select screen. I was quite impressed to see that there's loads of like WCW and WWF wrestlers in yeah, there. Yeah, they've like, the crammed everyone into that. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Has that series ever ever released in the UK? I, I know we we've never gotten it in the states, but I've always been interested in it. I think the Game Boy Advance one came out here. Yeah, but I think right. that's kind of it. Maybe the PS2 one. I'm not I entirely think sure. The PS2 one as well, wasn't there? Yeah, but the Dreamcast one certainly didn't didn't release over here. Now, interesting other things that I picked up Dreamcast related. I actually won an auction for a clear blue. Like, you know, replacement aftermarket case. It's not an official one, obviously, but uh, it was really nice. And I, I just I want to get rid of all of the white shells on my Dreamcast, you know, because they're all starting to look a bit tatty, even though they're not yellowing anymore after that whitening thing on them. They all look a bit kind of knackered. So I'm just slowly but surely replacing the shells on them, the ones that work. Ah, anyway. right. <laughs> and uh, the last thing that I got, which is Dreamcast related, was one of those um, VMU key rings. That we did a, an article about recently. Did you see those? The little acrylic? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I pointed them out to you, didn't I? You did, yeah, yeah, yeah. friend of mine that made those, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to know what I'm talking about, just go on the junkyard and you'll see a link to the VMU keyrings. Uh, yeah, I saw the post. Um, I'm into little dream, Dreamcast trinkets uh, that seem really cool. Yeah, I've got mine on my motorcycle keyrings now, so when I'm riding around, I can see it there just smiling up at me as I ride around, which is, uh, which is nice. <laughs> I, want, I want to grab one, but I can't quite... I, I don't know which one I want to get yet. <laughs> You're gonna have to. You, you have to get in there quick though, because they're all selling out pretty quick. Yeah, I think she's only got like li- limited numbers of them. So yeah. Other than Dreamcast stuff uh, on the PS4, I've been playing. Uh, I'm, I'm quite embarrassed to admit this, but I picked up a Call of Duty game. Uh, it was only a tenner, so it was a uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and also PS. Uh, what's it called? Um, Wolfenstein: The Old Blood. Yeah. Uh, which was like. Oh three... okay. Great yeah. game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it was only three pounds on the on the PS store, so I thought I'd, I'd snap that up. And apart from that, I've just been playing The Witcher Three, getting through the DLC, you know, the Hearts of Stone and the Blood and Wine expansion packs, which are incredible. Um, Mike, have you played those? Yeah, I didn't play much of the the last DLC because I left the game for so long. I sort of lost. You know, I think you, you've mentioned it on Twitter a bit, Tom, this week. But once you get out of a game for a while, you sort of lose track of what you're doing. Yeah, it's like it's like leaving a book in it. And yeah, back to a book. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've I've played that game uh, when it released, but uh, it never really hooked me. But I've always been interested in coming back. Do you think that is the DLC like a separate uh, adventure that you can do individually? Yeah, I mean the the the, the DLC kind of uses the same game engine, uh, but it adds new new locations that you can't access if you've not got the DLC. So you can, I believe, you can see them on the map. 
when you've not got the DLC, but when you buy the DLC, it opens up these extra bits of the yeah. map. So um, you can also, because I've got the Game of the Year edition, the DLC is already included. So you can actually jump into the DLC whenever you like, but it's not advised because the level that your character needs to be at is so high. If you do, then you just get destroyed by the enemies that you come up against. Yeah. So hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll try to jump back into it. I, I don't know something about it. Just didn't hook me when it released. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that's what I've been doing, and uh, let, I'd like to know what uh, what you guys have been doing. So, Damon, you are the new host. So let's uh, let's ask what you've been playing on the Dreamcast or, or otherwise. Yeah. So I picked up uh, on eBay a wireless Dreamcast controller, which uh, I know you guys have talked about a lot on the Junkyard. Um, that has really um, gotten me back into the Dreamcast. So I, I also picked up uh, a copy of Record of Lotus War, which is uh, an anime okay. uh, Diablo clone, basically, um, that I've heard of a lot of good things about, but I never had an opportunity to pick it up. And it, it is great. I, I, you know, the Dreamcast hardware is, is fairly limited, but the things that they pull off in that game is is wonderful. So I'm a huge Diablo 3 fan, um, and I'm surprised at how well it, it replicates that style of gaming. So I've been playing a ton of that. Um, I also picked up Horizon Zero Dawn on PlayStation 4, um, which is an open world game that's sort of similar to like a, a Far Cry, but uh, you're sort of battling these mechanized dinosaurs all over this huge landscape. Um, wonderful game. I highly recommend it. Um, and outside of that, I've also picked up a game on the Nintendo Switch called uh, Thumper, which is a, a rhythm sweet. action game. I love that game on the PC. Great visuals. It's it's sort of... Uh, the way I would describe it is it's it's oppressive. You know, it's, it's difficult. So it's sort of like a guitar hero, but you're using a controller and you're just hitting buttons uh aligned with what is sort of speeding across the screen it's very scary isn't it yeah it, it's you wouldn't expect that from a rhythm game but uh, it's just it's like a rhythm horror it, it is there's like a boss fight at each uh, at the end of each stage and um I, I i it's great it's hard to sort of explain how that game functions but the visuals and the music which is heavily percussion based is fantastic and it really works well on the nintendo switch i actually had a version on playstation vr that i really enjoyed but i, I liked it so much that i picked up a second copy yeah i'd probably double dip on that as well yeah highly recommend it aaron have you got a switch as well not yet and mike have you got one i have not no no. Also, you you are the only Switch owner here at the moment, Damon. <laughs> Too expensive for me at the moment. Yeah, that's the only thing that stopped me from getting one, to be honest. It needs to have a game thrown in with it. Yeah, there's there's really not much to play at the moment. I mean, Breath of the Wild is obviously great, but outside of that, there's really only like two or three titles worth picking up. But if you can find one, I, I, I think it's a great device, and I'm hoping that more third-party games get released on that system. Just the idea of having it... Uh, handheld mobile versions of big AAA titles is really exciting. So we'll see what happens. Maybe at E3 we'll learn more. I really want to get one just for P.O.P.O. Tetris, mainly at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great game. I'm interested to see what Nintendo actually shows at E3. Obviously, by the time this podcast goes out, E3 will be finished. But uh be quite interested to see what they have to show. Uh, anything else you've been playing, Damon? No, no, that's it. I'm, I'm trying to pick up a copy of uh, Cannon Spike 
for Dreamcast, but oh, same it here. sort of eludes me. I can never find a, a copy that's reasonably priced. So if you guys want to send me a copy, if you have an extra, please do. But otherwise, uh, I'm not going to pay, you know. I could send you a CDR. Uh, that's true. I can, yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. And Aaron, what have you been doing? Uh, Dreamcast-wise, I've picked up a couple things. I've got my hands on... Um... I don't know how you pronounce it, uh, Sci-Faria 2, The Will to Fabricate. Oh, yeah, Sci-Faria, yeah, yeah. It was not cheap, but it was not as expensive as it can normally be, so I was quite happy to get that. Plus, I've got a monitor now that lets me rotate the screen so I can do um, portrait mode. Yeah, yeah, Tata mode, yeah. Yeah, Tate. I always thought it was uh, pronounced Tate myself, like so did Tate I, Gallery. Until, until somebody else said it on another podcast, and I was like, ah, that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> So yeah, I've been enjoying that one. It's got it's got that really cool mechanic where you sort of like dance around the bullets. You sort of do like ballet around them, and you get like these like when they the bullets go really close to you, it's called like a buzz. So you're like getting little buzzes off all the bullets, and it like powers up your attacks. It's got really it's a really nice unique mechanic to it. Uh, another game I picked up in the last month was um, Neo Golden Logress. It's like a pinball oh, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's not too bad. I mean. I think the main problem with it is it's kind of hard to see everything because it's like really zoomed out. It's like the full table is on the screen and most of the screen is just the borders. Right. So it's a bit hard to make every little, you know, bit out of like the tables, but it's not too bad. It's kind of got an interesting thing where instead of having a certain amount of balls, you actually have like a health meter. And each time you lose a ball, that health goes down. And I think it also times down as well. It's got a timer on it. So you can potentially uh, lose... You could probably go on for ages if you just manage to... Uh, because when you hit things, that uh, the health goes up a little bit. So the more points you get, the longer you can last. Yeah, it's, it's a weird name, isn't it? I mean, is it based on an anime or something? Is I it- have no idea. And the cover's really bizarre. It makes it look like some old, like... Dungeons and Dragons, a role-playing game. It's just got like some lady on a horse and a crow. Yeah. It's very exotic and weird. <laughs> yeah, that's how we like it. Especially uh, weird import Dreamcast games. You can't beat them. Can oh, you? definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I've got, uh, I'm always trying to find the weird ones. <laughs> Anything on like current gen? Uh, not so much current gen. Um, I've been playing some stuff on Steam. I played um, World to the West, which is like a sequel to Tesla Grad. Don't know oh, if you know that one. The name rings a bell, but I'm not overly familiar now. The sequel, World of the West, is more like a 3D, top-down kind of Legend of Zelda style, but you've got like four different characters with their own abilities. It was pretty good fun. Uh, it took me about 20 hours to get through the whole game. But yeah, that was yeah, that was quite fun as well. It was a bit like you had to go around the houses a bit with um, all the characters, because like, they would block off areas that only certain characters can get to. So you spent a lot of time like sort of going all around just to get to this bit that's right next to you. <laughs> As I've said many times on this podcast, I use a Mac, so if I go on Steam, there's only certain things that you can play. There's a lot of stuff that isn't oh, yeah, compatible, yeah. so you kind of miss out on a lot of... There's, there's a decent you know, array of things that you can play, but all the smaller games and a lot of the indie stuff is, is Windows only, so you can't actually oh, yeah. access it, which is a bit rubbish, but hey-ho. Other than that, I've mainly been tinkering around with my Game Gear, which I finally got back. Uh, I had it repaired. Uh, This guy on eBay that actually does full repairs, changes the capacitors, uh, fixes the screen and the speakers and all that kind of stuff. So did you have have, the dual screen issue where you can only see the screen from a certain angle? This is the thing. This is where it gets a bit ridiculous. I was going through my loft, sorting all my stuff out. 
I had one Game Gear with picture. I had <laughs> one Game Gear with just sound. And then I had four other Game Gears that did nothing. Wow, that's a true Game Gear graveyard. The opposite, I should set up a blog called the Game Gear Graveyard. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no good games on the Game Gear, so I don't even know what you're going to play on it. Wow. Wow. I disagree. <laughs> I mean, mainly I've been playing, there's a really good port of uh, Mappy on the uh, Game Gear. I've been mainly playing that today. It's a really good version. They added like loads of different modes and like new levels that are like really tall and all so, that so stuff. So what happened with the, the Game Gears? Did you send them all to the guy and he kind of created a Frankenstein Game Gear out of all of them or something? Yeah, basically. Um, it wasn't just a Game Gear either. I also have a Sega Nomads that had a dodgy plug and it wasn't staying on. And he does a mod where he puts a modern LCD screen in it. Oh, nice. What basically happens is I sent him the six Game Gears, and then he took some money off to repair the Game Gear, repair the Nomad, and put the new screen in it. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and the Nomad looks absolutely stunning now. It, uh, the screen's really nice on it, and you can use the EverDrive on it and all that. Oh, well, so you've basically got every every single Mega Drive game ever made in your pocket on a nice Pretty much, screen. if you yeah. could be bothered to put, like, six batteries in the thing. Well, yeah, that's, there is that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mainly just have it as like a little, yeah, it's just a cute little gimmicky thing. And kind of like the Nintendo Switch, you can actually plug a SCART, a normal Mega Drive 2 SCART into it and just play it on the TV as well. And it's even got a controller port on it. So, so yeah, mainly just been playing a load of Game Gear games. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, Mike, last but not least. Hello. En- enlighten us, what have you been doing? Um, well, it's been quite a long time since our last podcast, so I'm trying to think what I've bought on a Dreamcast. Uh, there's a game I've bought, which I think we'll be talking about a little bit later on, so I'll leave that for later. Yeah. Um, picked up a couple of, of Japanese games. Um, I'd love to say I played them, but I haven't played them yet. Um, US Shenmue. Picked up a copy of US Shenmue, which is the, the American... It's a Japanese release, sorry, of the American... Oh yeah, that's really weird. I've seen that. When you open it up, isn't it literally just the American discs and stuff inside, but they put US on them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's a weird sort of way of doing it, because you'd think they'd have at least sort of a Japanese-style disc, but it's not. It's an American-style disc with the, the US... It's really odd as well, because why would the Japanese want the English dub, like the terrible English dub? I think, I think that's the I question guess, that many yeah. people are asking. It's, a, it's an odd odd game, but it's a nice game. I too. mean, it's similar to how they did Sonic Adventure International, where I, that made more sense, because they actually fixed a lot of the glitches in the uh, Western yeah. version. Yeah, f- Corey, Corey Marshall, if you are listening, <laughs> uh, that's just the view of Aaron, not of the Junkyard as a whole. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know, it's got a charm to it, you know. I, I, I actually prefer playing it, the dubbed version, because of that. It, it makes it feel like an old, like, you know, like an old kung fu movie. Yeah. <laughs> when the camera just like, zooms in on someone's face as so they're about to start speaking or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that sort of cheap, that corny, like, badly dubbed stuff. That's, I, I think that adds to it myself. And a couple of other games I picked up as well. Do you want to check out what they are? That, they, that's how exciting I was by picking up some cheap Japanese games. Um, it's most it's, it's mostly been modern gen stuff. So I've I picked up. Um, cause I know Tom's a big fan of the of the genre as well. Uh, Dirt Four, which is the latest oh, yeah. of Codemasters uh, racing games. Um, oh nice. Picked it up on. How is that? It's it's good. It's um it's got some problems. Uh, a few crashes today, and not for me driving into a tree. I mean crashes as in crashes. Oh blimey! <laughs> um, oh, wow. So a bit a few crashes, a bit buggy, but. No, it's it's good. It's a it's a decent rally game. Oh, did you get it on the Xbox then? Xbox as to the One, PS4, yeah. 
Yeah. The controller's much better on the Xbox One. It feels like a proper... Uh, yeah. I, think... I love the D-pad on that controller. Yeah, well, I've got an, I've got an Elite controller, um, which is... Oh, okay. Because I bought... It, it came with the... Shut off. Well, I actually bought the controller <laughs> with the... You know, they had the, the hybrid console, which had the SSD in it as well. Uh, £125. New. Wow. Both of them. So it was the, the price of the, the oh, controller wow, okay. itself. That's, so. that's really good. Um, I'm glad I'm glad that you you guys agree that the PS4 controller is rubbish. It is. So I hate barely actually used one yet. I hate the PS4 controller. It, it has a, a basically a two hour battery life. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. doesn't oh, help. Blimey. Yeah, I've got mine um, mine uh, is constantly plugged into the PS4 with the wire. So it might as well not even be wireless. So that's a funny story actually, Tom, because the other game we've picked up is uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew on the PSVR. <laughs> and oh, and yeah. I had the exact problem because, obviously, you're meant to be able to use the, the move controllers. So I had two move controllers, the PSVR, and I've got a hard drive, now that the PS4 can actually have external hard drives, and I've got two USB ports, and I need four things charging. Didn't really work very well. Um, so oh, dear. To... Can you use like those USB hub things like with the multiple USBs, or did you, they not you work? You can, but I'm lazy. Um, so <laughs> I, so I, I've been playing Bridge Crew. Bridge Crew, I know that Ross, um, if he was here, he'd talk about Bridge Crew as well. Bridge Crew is, is an amazing game. Isn't he playing it on the PC? He though? is, but you can play cross-platform. So I've been playing... Oh, I, yeah, oh, nice. I've been playing, I've been oh, playing cool. my brother. My brother's got a Oculus, and uh, I've been playing... Uh, playing it cross-platform it's, it's really good um not good if you, you know on massively nerdy and like sitting on a screen pretending to be a starfleet officer but if you are a star trek fan it's it's amazing that is a dream for a lot of people isn't it like being oh, yeah. able to actually sit there oh, yeah. and do all the little button stuff yeah can you actually sit there and say make it so and something happens well no, the point is because you've got four crew members you you command the other people and so they all do it right. and you can you can sort of control or order them around because one of you is a captain, so you have you have the ability to override stuff. And if they've got AI crew, you can sort of do uh, things yourself. But part of the fun is having four people who are just massive nerds sitting there pretending to be Starfleet. Oh, I got you. So the other ple- the other people are being controlled by people who are also in virtual reality headsets. Yeah, right, so you've got, got you know, got you've you. got helm, you've got tactical, you've got engineering, and you've got captain. But you obviously, if you want to get somewhere, the helm has to to get you there. If you need to take mm. power to the shields, the engineering. Um, it's also one of the best communities online I think I've seen. I've joined about four or five games now. Um, and every single time, everyone's really welcoming. They're already chatty with you. There's no people yeah. leaving games. Um, that's a lesson for gaming, you see. For every, all Star Trek yeah. fans are everywhere. Gaming will be a much better place. Well, that's it. The, the, the utopian future of Star Indeed. Trek can show us all how to embrace our fellow man. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Or, or, or even <laughs> our, our fellow extraterrestrial, as the case may be. Not, not quite such a community on Dirt 4, because my first race I did, <laughs> first race I did on, on a yeah, land rush, literally, I went to the first corner and this guy pinned me to the wall and wouldn't let me get on. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe his maybe Xbox crashed when he was playing it, but for God's sake, literally the first corner. I don't play. I don't use um, microphone or headphones or anything when I play online. The only game I really play online anymore is Drive Club. Yeah, and that is just horrendous with people just like shit talking and you know, and people have got music playing and things in the background. I'm just like, why? Why? But Drive, Drive, Drive Club VR was hilarious because obviously when you're playing Drive Club VR, you can see people's head moves when they actually move anyway. And and I was playing online Drive Club VR, and, and most of the time, just people looking the wrong way. I don't know how they're driving the car. 
but it's it's weird because the same thing on bridge crew as well because when you're on bridge crew the 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 actual characters mouths move to the actual words they're saying through the microphone and it works really well wow it's very disconcerting because people will just literally but i'm talking through a microphone Uh, so i'm talking through the camera sorry so whenever i pick up people's voices my character voices everyone else's voices which I'm sure freaks people out. Well, that's uh, quite the uh, the eclectic mix of games we've all been playing and, and picked up. Uh, right, okay, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll jump into some Dreamcast-centric news and some opinions. Okay, back after this. Welcome back. You are listening to episode 50 of the Dreamcast Junkyard Dream Pod. Uh, now we're going to jump into some Dreamcast-specific news. And believe it or not, in the in the month since we've not done an episode, there's been quite a lot of Dreamcast-centric news. Uh, you wouldn't have thought that for a console which, you know, for all intents and purposes, has been dead for the best part of 20 years. But uh, we're still here and we're still, uh, we're still reporting news. Right, first thing I've got on this list here is uh, Dear Avenger 3. Guys, I'm sure you're, you're uh, familiar with this story. Yep. But um, for those people who are listening who maybe aren't familiar, basically uh, a guy uh, who goes by the rather amazing Reddit username of Wonderbread V2, um, he <laughs> he um, he posted on Reddit an image of a GD-ROM that he found in a in a box in the basement of a uh, of a of a social club when they were cleaning it out for uh, for a fundraiser, and this disc has written on it, "Dear Avenger Three." And the uh, the date, 16th of August, 2000, uh, by Westlake Interactive, Dear Avenger 3. Uh, Dear Avenger was a series on the PC, which kind of was a bit of a parody of the Deer Hunter games, where you assumed the role of a, uh, a deer, basically going out and shooting hunters. And uh, nobody knew this game was coming to the Dreamcast. Um, it was never announced. It was never previewed in any magazines or anything. So this game, this disc does turn up unannounced in a, in a box, in a, in a, in a basement, basically, is, uh, is, is fascinating, really, how it came to be in that location. Nobody really knows. When the guy posted this on Reddit, it kind of blew up a little bit. And I noticed that a lot of people were mentioning me. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I think people think that you I... You watch this, had, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think people think that I had a lot more to do with the Millennium Racer Y2K release than I did. All I did was report yeah. it. I didn't have anything to do with... Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, however, I got in touch with a guy and I said, look, um, there's a lot of people in the community on the, on the Facebook group and, and whatnot who can help get this game, uh, at least, if not release it, they can actually do some investigation, see what's on the disc because it's a, it's a pre-production GD-ROM. You know, it won't run. At the know, very least, preserve it, you know, like dump it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So um, before we talk about the second part of this story, I just want to get your guys' um, yeah, perspective on, on the discovery of this disc. Uh, do you find it exciting, intriguing? I mean, I looked up the game, I looked up the videos of the PC version, and it kind of looks like one of those just like really naff parody games, kind of like Who Wants to Beat Up a Millionaire, which did yeah. come out on the Dreamcast. Yeah, it yeah. just has that sort of really corny, like a, I don't want to just specifically say corny American sense of humour, but, you know, just like really corny sort of comic book, you know, like a, a newspaper comic book kind of humour. Yeah. What about you, Damon? Uh, you know, I think Dear Avenger was actually one of the first PC games I ever got back in the 90s. Oh, wow. And I can say that it's, it's not a very good series. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all about Dreamcast 
history and preserving Dreamcast history, um, but this particular title I'm not that interested in. Uh, it, it seemed like Millennium Racer, you know, after reading Tom's review, seemed like a decent game, and I don't have high hopes for this. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, what this guy's asking for to extract the files seems yeah. outrageous, oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I think it's good to, to do anything we can to preserve these titles, but I wouldn't hold your hopes up to, it, it's not going to be a good game. <laughs> yeah. Just to pick up on something you said there, I mean, my interest in this is, is mainly because, uh, it's a game that we didn't know was even being yep. developed. And I'm just I'm curious more than anything, you know, to see what how complete the game is, even if it if it even is um, complete or even playable. Uh, what about you, Mike? What are your yeah, thoughts? same same really. So I, I remember the game from back on PC Gamer cover discs. I'm sure we had one of them was been freeware. I'm not sure, but there was there was definitely one of the games on there. Um, it's yeah. you know if if another game to add to the library uh, of Dreamcast games at some point. It's always good, even if it's even if it's quite a poor game. I think you know, I'm one of those people that like to see things that could have got released and never did. Just a history, history yeah. perspective, more than actual you know good game. Yeah, definitely. And as I think Aaron said, uh, more you know preservation more than yeah, anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I think it's really quite amazing that these games keep springing up for the short yeah. time that the Dreamcast was on the market. There were so many games being developed. Yeah, there might still be loads more that we just haven't seen yet because loads keep getting discovered. Well, I think that's, that's the problem, isn't it? Because the Dreamcast was 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 cut short so so quickly. I imagine, unlike other consoles. There's lots of games that didn't get finished and therefore are in in half states of build somewhere. Uh, somewhere. So uh, we've probably got a lot more games on a Dreamcast that are out there somewhere than than, than the console yeah. on PS2. Because every, everyone's got released on PS2. You know, we had everything. So there's not there can't be that many games on a PS2 that didn't get a release or at least we know didn't get cancelled. You know what? When I was looking up the Deer Avenger, I also found a spin-off that I think would suit the Dreamcast even more. They did like a fishing spin-off. Where you're right. a fish fishing for people trying to fish you, and I think with the <laughs> fishing controller, that would actually be really interesting. For me, the more interesting part of this story is the fact that um, in order to get the game either released or to find out what's on the disc, I kind of put him in touch with a couple of people who worked on the Millennium Racer story, uh, if you want to call it that. And I, I, as far as I was aware, this was done and you know done and done, and, and people were talking, and we we're going to basically see what was on the disc. Um, but it turns out that. Um, Wonderbread decided that rather than you know uh, accept the help from you know obviously random people on the internet, I can totally see his point. He wanted to create um, a GoFundMe to raise money to buy uh, a system disc and a Dreamcast and all this kind of thing. And I just think that the way he's gone about it is a little bit not wrong because who who the hell am I to say what someone wants to do with their yeah. own equipment is right or wrong? But I don't know. It seems like rather than accept the help of the community and just basically get this game out there and see what it is. Uh, wants to maybe like be solely responsible for releasing a Dreamcast game. I don't I don't know if that sounds right, but uh yeah. And he wants a grand for it. <laughs> it just seems ex exploitative. I mean uh, I'm not tech savvy, but a thousand dollars to extract files from a disc. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe it costs a lot to get the equipment to do that yeah. but I, I can't even imagine that this is going to be successful for him so what does that mean for for this game it's just going to be lost into the ether if we don't fork over a thousand dollars it's a shame really the the gofundme is uh, asking for a thousand dollars and uh is now at uh zero dollars <laughs> um, oh. you know uh, 
you know, again, I'm going to say this now, just in case people are, you know, taking what I'm saying wrong. I have no ill will against Wonderbread at all. You know, he's totally within his rights to do with what he no, wants no. with this. Fine, it's perfectly fine. But you know, the help is there if, if you know if he wants it to be uh, investigated further, shall we say? I think it'll be interesting to yeah, see exactly. what happens after the GoFundMe fails. Presuming it's going to fail. Mm. Um, if, if well, GoFundMe doesn't no, have I, a finite no, no, time. No, they'll get think. bored at some point and decide it's not good, not worth it anymore. He did actually comment on the on the article I put up on the junkyard saying that he is working with somebody. Well, to that's, get good. It, uh, that's good. Release. Oh, so okay. That's, that's good. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that someone would reach out to him and, and offer the service for free. That's that's the best hope, right? Yeah, in, including the guy who actually extracted uh, the Millennium Racer files, a guy called Jack right. Cake. Yep. He's uh, he's involved now in some capacity. Uh, Is it just me or all these people that keep finding these unknown Dreamcast games got bread or bakery-related uh, usernames? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point, actually, yeah. Also, how are people finding these things? I mean, I can't, I don't, what, where do you go to find this stuff other than, like, looking in basements and things? I don't know. Um, yeah, anyway. But, yeah, best of luck to Wonder Bread. Hopefully we'll see the uh, the game released or at least find out what's on that disc at some point in the near future and if we do then we will report on it as uh, as we are yeah. want to do at the junkyard right let's move on to some more news uh, this is actually involving the xbox one and that is because uh, an emulator is now in production for the uh, for the xbox one which emulates the dreamcast it's called win dce 10 and it's been made by the same people who made the Nintendo 64 emulator for the Xbox One, which ended up really weirdly and bizarrely on the Xbox yeah. One marketplace last year before it was spotted by somebody at Microsoft and then very quickly pulled. The most interesting thing about this particular emulator for me is the fact that it's going to have a what's called a turbo mm. mode. And as I oh. jokingly said in my article, could this mean that we get to play... Sega Rally 2 with a consistent frame rate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it, it kind of smacks to me of, um, you know, like on the PS4 Pro, you get the boost mode, which oh, yeah, yeah. to my eyes doesn't actually do anything because I've got a PS4 Pro and I haven't seen any evidence that it's doing anything. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, this is it's quite interesting. I, I'd love to see uh, what Microsoft do about this. I mean, I believe the only way to get this emulator onto your Xbox One S is to use the, uh, the development mode. Ah, uh, I see. But it'd be interesting to see how well... This works. A lot of people have said, what's the point when you can just put it on a PC or, or you know, whatever? But at the end of the day, th- does it need to be a point? No. It's just because we can. What's the point in games? What's the point in anything? Yeah, the question I would have is, do we even have, like, a serviceable Dreamcast uh, emulator on PC? Like, I know Sega yeah. Saturn, we never really had one, right? So We're getting close. They're getting close. Yeah. But I don't think, if I remember correctly, for the N64 emulator, you couldn't, you need, needed a development kit, but you could never actually play these things on your Xbox. I think it was more of a, you could stream them, stream them from Windows 10 to your Xbox. So I don't envision this ever being something that you can download directly from your Xbox. Um, but I'm sort of skeptical about uh, a Dreamcast emulators to begin with, because I know Sega Saturn never really got up to full speed. But so if there if there is one on PC and it plays perfectly, Dreamcast games, that's great. Um, but I'm not really hopeful that that's going to happen. That we can directly yeah, so yeah, download that. Ninety percent there. I think emulation on PC is pretty good. Uh, the ones I've got. What's the best PC Dreamcast emulator now? Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Because uh, I know there's Rycast on like is it Android? Rycast. I can't remember. Because uh, obviously, again, being a, a Mac user, I have to use all kinds of weird and wonderful things to get Dreamcast games running on 
Ricast the ones thing. on the Android as well, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I never really pay much I, attention to no. emulation because of my computer. There's so. also um, DC Mule, I yeah. think it's called. Demol. Demol. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah. One of them's quite good. I can't remember which one it was, but one of them also plays Naomi games, and I think they're also trying to make it work with Naomi Two right. games and Atoms Wave games. So that's pretty good. I'm just waiting for the Xbox One emulator on Dreamcast. Mm. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be even better if you could just like put your, uh, your your Xbox One games into the Dreamcast and just play them. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Reverse play, engineer play the, the GD ROM. Three at one frame per second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's there's no uh, there's no like release date or anything like that. There's a uh, you can keep a, a, an eye on the uh, Xbox One Emu site uh, if you want to get more information on the uh, the new uh, Dreamcast emulator for Xbox One. Uh, as I say, there's no release date as yet, and I wouldn't imagine it would be coming out anytime soon. Uh, if ever, mm-hmm. if, if Microsoft have any, anything to do with it. But uh, yeah, it's worth keeping an eye on. Right, now we're going to move on to uh, an opinion piece, if you, if you will. And that is uh, an opinion coming from the mic, uh, sorry, from the mouth of Mr. Mike <laughs> Phelan. And that's uh, the opinion on Orion's latest game, uh, which is Escape 2030, is it Escape 2032? 2042, sorry, I'm 10 years <laughs> out. God, I lost a decade there. Uh, I, I need to check now. You've de- I don't, oh, I'm not sure. I think it is 2042. I think you're right, yeah. Is it the, the Freedom? Is it? What's the oh, subtitle? You're spot now, aren't you? It's Escape Way Through the Truth Defenders. The Truth Defenders. That's it, yeah, the Truth Defenders. So, yeah, this is the latest release from uh, Orion, uh, who is a one-man band who's released quite a few games yep. for the Dreamcast. The last one I played from him was... Zia. Um, yeah. Zia and the Goddesses of Magic, which was quite a decent sort yeah. of top-down old-school RPG. I had uh, very good things to say about that game in my review. Go and check it out in the Junkyard if you get the chance. Uh, but, Mike, enough from mm. me. Your opinions on this game from Orion, please. So I'll start off by saying I haven't finished the game. I know some people don't like to hear opinions of people unless they've actually finished the game like seven times or like, <laughs> know every single part of the game back to front. I haven't finished it, so it is only a sort of initial sort of impression. Um, it's, it's a very much like Impossible Mission on the C64 and, and 8-bits back in the 80s. Um, was that the Amiga as well? I, possibly. I never had an Amiga. I wasn't, I wasn't posh. Um, but... No, I didn't either. I just, had loads of, I just had loads and loads of copies of Amiga Power Magazine, and I'm pretty sure I, think, I, I think read it. it was, I think it was on everything. Wasn't it? Eight, everything 8-bit and early 16-bit, I think they had a, a copy. Um, yeah. So it's that sort of platforming, uh, puzzle, adventure type game. And there's, it's, that pretty much sums up the, the, the gameplay, really. It's, it's lots of... of levels inside a prison originally to escape from you go outside into other environments later on um there's a couple of mini games in there there's a repelling game and there's a um a reverse shmup which is uh escaping ships firing at you but i wanted to what i want to talk about most really is is the the atmosphere and the way it's made uh orion's made some great games Mm. and he's i think he's covered we're looking at we're looking at platformer uh mist like adventure we're looking at uh, rpg He's done quite a few, and I think this the puzzle games yeah, they're, they're, as well. Yeah. They're, all, they're all really good for one man, pretty much doing doing all this. And Escape Twenty Forty Two carries on that tradition. It's really well made. It's really uh, it's really smooth. Um, it's got the, the look down perfectly. If ever a game um, sort of channeled that vision of a dystopian eighties future, I think this is this is perfect. It's like lots of blacks and, and greys and, and and blues. It just looks really really good. Um, it's a little bit twitchy. So when you are jumping, it does feel sometimes like you're going back to the old, you know, days of pixel perfect jumps, which I, yeah. I don't like because 
because I'm terrible at games. <laughs> but no, it's another. It, it, it's really difficult to. I find the game really difficult and quite hard to get through, um, because yeah. it's because of the way it's, it's pixel perfect. Very much like Ice Mom's Rescue, which was again a very mm. similar sort of thing. You do have instant respawn in, so it's not you know it's not frustrating massively. But yeah, the the look of the game is fantastic, and I'm just really impressed by by Orion and what he's done on a Dreamcast because in little over what two years. He's he's released a, a fair amount of games and it, it's you know, they're really, really good. Yeah, they've been really busy. Yeah. The thing is, uh, it's kind of tinged with sadness because then he he recently announced uh, on Twitter. I read this on yeah. SegaNerds.com that he's like basically hung up his keyboard, yeah. as it were, as a developer for the Dreamcast, just because he can't ah, doesn't no. sell enough games to actually. Um, you know, sustain what he does because I know he does it yeah. in his spare time. It's well, Escape 2042 was on yeah, console yeah. platforms. They did a Mega Drive cartridge, did a Game Boy cartridge as well. Yeah, um, yeah, that was really the cool. Game Boy one. Yeah. Really, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't got a Game Boy, but it looked really, really cool. It's the kind of game which would perfectly fit into sort of Game Boy sort of style of of platforming. It's a shame, really, because I mean, he's he's got quite a lot of like you know coverage from various outlets. You know, obviously the Dreamcast Junkyard is very yes. niche. You know, I mean, obviously not everybody right. owns a Dreamcast. Um, but the the bigger sites, people like Nintendo Life, yeah. I'm pretty sure Nintendo Life they did, reviewed yeah. Escape 2032 for the Game Boy. So it's not like he's not yeah. getting any exposure. But I'm just wondering if his games just don't appeal to the sort of the masses. Well, I'm, wondering, you know? I'm wondering whether you might you might have a rethink at some point because uh, I know that uh, Josh Prod, the, the guys who released the 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 PAL versions of those five uh, indie games, uh, how long ago was that? A month yeah. ago now? It wasn't long ago, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that they are potentially looking into getting more Dreamcast releases in future. There, I've actually, uh, I can't say anything now. Uh, so hush, hush. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll tell, tell you, us after, I'll tell you tell after, us after we finish after, recording. That's, that's not in, <laughs> that is not in any way really, really any, any secrets at all. <laughs> Secret no, source. But there are, yeah, I've seen images of the next batch cool. of games from Josh Prod. And let's just say that one of them is... Pretty oh, awesome. Oh, oh, Tom. And I will most likely Tom be buying cheese. it. Tom Cheese. Oh, nice. <laughs> if I... Oh, oh, see me after. Um, <laughs> I'll see you after, yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, I, 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 I don't want to sort of come across as someone who's completed the, the game and, and sort of said it's, it's great or it's, it's poor. I, I haven't I haven't put that much time into it. Unfortunately, real life has come in the way a little bit last month. But I just want to give a shout-out yeah. to Ryan because the, the games he's done have, have been fantastic. And I think... When we've complained for so long, when I when I started doing indie, uh, getting into Dreamcast games, every single time someone said about them, "Oh, another shmup! Oh, another shooter!" And in the time he's released games, yeah, he hasn't released a shmup, and he's not necessarily getting the credit I think he deserves. So it's a really good, really cool game. If you have memories of the eighties and memories of of you know thinking the world's going to end in in the twenty first century, which could still happen um, in a bleak, horrible future. Then uh, this game is perfect. That's, if that's not a selling point to a game, I don't know what is. Does he uh, pay out himself to manufacture the discs and the cases and all well, that I kind of stuff? I think on the the last one, obviously Escape Twenty Forty Two, he must have done. Because I don't see anyone else involved publishing wise. I know the first couple. Do you think if involved. someone else, like the guys that do all them power games, uh, published them for him and did all the manufacturing costs themselves, well, they, and you know they split on it, maybe he might be they more did inclined. A of Alice Wong's Rescue. Obviously, that was originally released by Hucast. So I don't know whether there's some kind of issue where he's had an issue with Hucast in the past. Not trying to say anything against Hucast, but Uh, I know we've had issues in the past. Yeah. But no, you know, in my head, I just imagine if he teamed up with some of the other guys doing Dreamcast games at the current time, what could we have? 
exciting. What they need to do, as we've said this before on the on the podcast, um, if various indie developers got together and created a sort of a like a yes. super group, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like um, what Velvet Revolver yeah. of indie developers. We could, uh, oh, we could see some really special stuff because there's a lot of t- talented people. Oh, I, I'm half tempted to actually approach them and say, look, you know, get all together, I'll fund it, and we'll call it the Dreamcast Junkyard Search for the Treasure of Tom Charnock. <laughs> 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 we, will get, we will get you wow. in a Dreamcast game, Tom. We will get some... Good oh, Lord, no. Uh, but, you know, there are people. <laughs> I'm technically already in one. Yes. If you put yeah, a code yeah. in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in Wyndham War Puzzle Battles. Caleb's in it as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think if you if you ever put my face in a Dreamcast game, it would have that uh, you know the reset um, thing where it just keeps resetting over and over again, and it would never play any game ever <laughs> again. Your face looking back at people. God no. Um, I still right. like that idea of having yes. you as a boss in um, uh, yeah, yeah. Xenocider. Well, that's a really good uh, segue actually, because we're going to talk about uh, Xenocider or Xenocider next. Um, that's because ah. both Slave and Xenocider have been shown running on actual Dreamcast hardware, as opposed to on a on a PC yep. in an emulator, uh, which is really cool. Slave is a game that we've looked at several times in the past. Uh, we've been reporting on it now for a couple of years, uh, but it looks like we're actually getting very close to it being released now, and that also coincides with the fact that uh, an email was sent around by um, yep. the guys at Goat Store it yesterday, was. I believe it was. Um, just explaining that you know they're uh, they're doing the final like bug uh, bug hunting uh, on the on the final build of the game and hopefully we're looking to go gold as it were uh, inverted commas on the game in the next couple of months um, so we could very well be seeing slave coming soon and also Xenocider again uh, those guys at Retro Summers have been working um, they were tweeting yesterday uh, about working through the night uh, on the on the game, uh, adding new levels, uh, music, all that kind of thing. I know that they work really hard on, on what they're doing, and they had a, a bit of a, um, a setback when the uh, the Kickstarter failed, yep. but they bounced back, and Xenocide looks as good as it as it ever did. Really, mm. it looks like a really really cool. Glad game. they didn't let that Kickstarter fail. You know, just make them give up or anything like that. Mm, yeah. Uh, but any thoughts on what you've seen so far from Slave or Xenocider? I think um, Slave looks great. I know you guys have said it time and time again, but I'm happy that we're getting more than, you know, shmup releases. Um, the only thing I would say is I don't, I'm not, you know, the Dreamcast controller isn't great. It only has one analog stick. Um, so I think playing first-person shooters is a little bit difficult. Um, so hope, hopefully they have mouse and keyboard support. I don't know if you guys... Yeah, they do. Yeah, they've added loads of different controller schemes. I think they even said they might do twin sticks. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it looks great. And, and Xenocider, I was really disappointed that the Kickstarter didn't succeed, but I'm happy that they're still yeah, working. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm never, I wasn't a huge Space Harrier fan. Um, but I, I don't know, seeing Run on Dreamcast hardware is really impressive. Gorgeous visuals. It, it looks yeah, like a lot of... Yeah, like 3D indie game on the Dreamcast. It's not something that's... I don't think that's ever happened yet. <laughs> Other than um, what was the first-person shooter? Uh, the one that was like Payday? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still oh, yeah, yeah. in the works, isn't it, I think? Yeah. Well, no, I, I think they've um, basically... There's a long, there's it, a, there's a long oh, story behind ah. that. If you, go, if you go on some forums, there's a long story. Yeah, oh, okay. Oh, I wasn't aware <laughs> of that. It's a bit it's a bit the murkier side of the Dreamcast indie scene, I think. I remember there was like a uh, 2.5D fighting game like years ago that was being made as well, but that obviously got cancelled as well. That had all three. The one I'm thinking of, it was like cel-shaded, like cartoony characters, but they were like full polygonal 3D uh, yeah. characters, but I can't remember the name of it now. That was an indie game. 
I've never heard of that. Yeah, um, it was quite a few years back now, uh, ages mm. ago, but they put out like one video of it and it just sort of disappeared. Wow, I didn't know about that. I'll have to look into that one. There's also Intrepid Izzy from um, yep. Senile Team. Oh, I'm really looking forward to that. That looks fantastic. I love the graphic style of it. And, yeah, yeah, I love the animation. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Um, and also, I mean, the the, the, only, the other game they did was um, Rush Rush Rally and the recent Reloaded, which are both fantastic. That games. game is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, really, really good. So, you know, there's, there's quite a lot to look forward to uh, in terms of indie games for the Dreamcast. And uh, again, those games that I'm not allowed to say anything about which are coming soon. Um, there's, there's loads. I, I, I know Scott put something up on the on the Facebook page about this is how many Dreamcast games yeah. we've had this year, and it's like... It's one one more power release in terms of case, and it'll be the, the highest power release since 2002. That's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. How have they been getting all those PAL cases? Have they been like making their own ones, or have they just been like grabbing a load of um, Virtua Strikers or Eurofa Strikers and just been in the, the manuals and stuff? I, I could tell you, Aaron, but you'd, you'd have to kill you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tom holds the pattern for something, obviously. Uh, <laughs> no, I, that's why I think I thought I think they must be just buying up like copies of Choo Choo Rocket or something, and just putting the new watermelon. Didn't watermelon do their own pressing of their cases? Did they? Their ones were custom built, I believe. So could they not be? I don't know. I, I don't. I haven't examined the case, but could they not be like leftover ones from that? I'm not sure. I think the Dynamite Dreams one might be a custom one as well, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I think someone's probably destroying Game Gear somewhere and turning it into uh, PAL cases. <laughs> <laughs> the circle of life, the circle is complete. Just, just, to, just to confirm as well, Tom, I've got on my on my list because I'm always doing this. I've currently got 14 Dreamcast games upcoming in the next couple of years. Blimey. More than the PlayStation 2. What was that? More than the, what, the Vita? Yeah. Nah, there's still loads coming out for that in, uh, in Japan, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Lots of um, anime girl games. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with the Vita, isn't it? It's like a lot of the games now that you see on the shelves, certainly in game and places like that, they're all like uh, 2D kind of dating sims and things. And then, yeah, yeah, I think the one I saw most recently was literally called Drive Girls, and it was like girls that turn into cars. Awesome. <laughs> that sounds. That just awesome. came out here. It actually looks kind of hilarious. Well, the only thing I'm playing on my Vita at the moment is The Walking Dead, and that's from like, what, three years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Telltale game? Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. You played it? Yeah, I, I didn't get into uh, season two, but the first season was great back on um, Xbox 360, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, the Vita version kind of, you can tell it's kind of struggling at times, you know, to keep the game running because the frame rate kind of gets a bit dodgy. Or That's kind of just... telltale games in general though, isn't it? <laughs> or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, so that said, I've been playing, um, I know we're going off topic slightly, but I've been playing um, is it Tales of the Borderlands. Yeah. That was that's oh, pretty yeah. good. That's quite, that's quite good. Um, was free, was, yeah, it, anyway. was that free on PSN? I think it was. Free on PSN. It was, yeah, last month. Yeah, it was. I downloaded that and Life is Strange. I will play them at some point. Oh, mate, play Life is Strange is yeah. brilliant. Life is Strange is really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to Dreamcast. Um, and while we're talking about like modern games, um, there's a, a bit of a buzz around the internet at the moment of about a new Seaman game coming hmm. uh, due to the tweet from the guy who actually created the original Dreamcast version, um, just with a lot of guys with you know t-shirts saying you know, don't panic. Basically, which is the uh... see. I thought "Don't Panic" was what you, they had on the cover of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, it is, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. <laughs> so it could technically be a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy game. We don't no. know. 
That'd be awesome. <laughs> with a uh, with a frog with a human's face looking at a gramophone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much sums up Douglas Adams. That could be from Hitchhikers. Yeah. It could be. There could be a page we missed. Yeah, guys, what we what's your um, experience with Seaman? Uh, Aaron, I know you did a full uh, YouTube series about this game, didn't you? I love that game. Honestly, I know it's tedious and you have to do a lot of just like clicking buttons and all this kind of stuff. But the conversations and the confusion with the conversations, because it doesn't always work great. I've played through that game in its entirety about three or four times. Do you have issues with it not understanding your accent or something? One particular thing that happened in our Let's Play of it was um, when he was asking me what I do as a job. I said stuff like animator, artist and stuff like that. And he just kept going, are you a politician? <laughs> 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 and I just kept saying, no, I'm not a politician. And then eventually he just went, oh, well, I guess you're a politician. I was like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> but, you know, Aaron, a politician would say no. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they would dance around the question, you know. <laughs> what about you, Damon? Have you played it? I'm very excited for this. I love Seaman. Actually, that sounds probably pretty <laughs> promiscuous. <laughs> I, I was very careful with my wording. <laughs> no, I I played it when it released here in the states. I, I you know I was never able to get it get the Seaman fully evolved to the point where it would leave the the aquarium. Um, but having sort of irreverent conversations with that thing was hilarious, and you know it it, it, it the the technology at the time was really impressive. Mm. Um, but I remember is just uh, him sort of commenting on relationships in my life and particularly like insulting my parents uh, that sort of stands out he got surprisingly deep at times as well didn't he yeah I think this would be a really good game to have on uh, Switch I don't I don't I wouldn't want a, a console version like on PS4. I'd like to I'm take that. I'm not sure that. how they would do that because it doesn't have a microphone does it you could, you could use that weird sort of head Set thing they're bringing out peripheral for it, or or put it on a, a mobile like phones. Yeah. I think that. Oh would yeah, be... you could hook it, you could hook your phone up to your switch, and then your switch headphones do the stupid yeah. setup they've got with the headphones and phone and chatting. Ugh. They would need to have the original voice actor. Uh, uh, there's something about that guy. Yeah, if that's possible. Yeah, and the, I mean, obviously, the game the game never came out in the uh, in the PAL territories, and I think. Oh, my, really? my, my own interpretation of that is because of the issue that Aaron had with um, accents and languages. There'd, be, there'd have to be so much information They would probably have to completely redub it. They would probably have to get a British actor and completely redo all the stuff. It would have been really difficult to do, well, especially even, back then. Not that. I mean, you'd have, you'd have like the French version, you'd have the... The yeah, exactly. All the Spanish, the Italian. It would have to be a UK only release, or they would have to do every language, and it would be next to impossible. I think it was a miracle it even came out in America. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of different um, accents across the United States, um, so it'd be interesting to see how it uh, how it reacts with like someone say from from like Boston to somebody from like maybe Washington or something. Do you know what I mean? Totally different accents. Yeah, That'd yeah. Be quite yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and unfortunately, Leonard Nimoy is no longer with us, so no. we, we won't have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He actually passed away while we were doing that Let's Play or while it was being released. Oh, wow. <laughs> Another thing I should mention about Seaman is what a big deal it was in Japan. Obviously, it didn't really, it wasn't huge here, but in Japan, it was actually one of the best-selling games on the console. They they, um, they also had the, a lot of um, special edition, even Dreamcast consoles, because of the Christmas Seaman um, There's loads console, of different there? versions of it. There's a 2001 release, there's a Christmas one where you like email messages to each yeah, other. Yeah. I've actually got a book here that uh, Ross sent me from Japan, um, which is a notepad that is branded with a Seaman yep. logo. 
Oh, wow. It's like a moleskin or moleskin, or however you pronounce it. I've got a Seaman plush toy as well. Yeah. Oh, the fish man. Yeah, it's like a tadpole one. I was bidding on them on eBay. Someone actually had them in the UK, but unfortunately, I only managed to get that one. I really wanted to get the full size, you know, bass fish looking uh, one, but I ended up just getting the tadpole. Yeah. On the um, on the on the book that I've got, there's a couple of little quotes from Seaman. Uh, on the front, it says, "Birthday is the day you first met yourself." <laughs> <laughs> and on the back, uh, on the back, it says, um, "Number of the people you'll meet is exactly the same number of the people you'll say goodbye." Well, and that's uh, whoa. Did you did you guys see why the uh, why the developer is bringing it back? His comments about that was it something to do with he wants to make money or something? Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> been rumoring a new Seaman for years. There was actually a some kind of patent trademark for like the mystery of the human fish or something like that, that Nintendo patented or something like years ago. I don't know if that ever meant anything, but maybe they were going to collaborate with Nintendo and maybe that's fallen through. I don't know. There was a sequel on the PS2, if I'm not mistaken. It was Japan only. It was like a caveman character. Like he actually evolved into a full caveman and you could like pick him up on this island and stuff. Yeah, it sounds like black and black and white. It sounds a bit like it's completely different. It's uh, instead of like a fish tank, you've got a hot, you've got like this small island with this like this man walking around. Yeah, hmm. they even did this really bizarre controller for the PS2 in Japan. That was like this big gold relic. It was like Sea Man embossed in it, and it had the microphone built in. Sea Man news then. The Sea Man half hour has, uh, <laughs> has, come to, <laughs> has come to its natural conclusion. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, one other tiny little thing I wanted to just quickly mention is that there have been some Space Channel Five like action figures announced by Sega Japan. Oh, those look nice. Uh, have you seen I'm, these? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I kind of, I kind of want one. <laughs> There's quite a few of these little things that I, I don't own, but I, I think would look quite nice on my little. Dreamcast kind of displaced and obviously I, as you guys know I got rid of loads of my other gaming stuff and I'm kind of just focusing yeah, yeah, on Dreamcast yeah. now so anything I've kind of qualified it to myself there if it's got anything to do with Dreamcast yes. it's okay so, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love one of those um, you know the Sega Hard Girls um, Dreamcast characters oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'd love one of those yeah, yeah. and the Space Channel 5 characters that would uh, obviously complement my Mr. Yukawa stand up display they're that also in the making a Jet Set Radio beat figure as well Um, apparently it's in prototype phase. They've only shown it in black and white so far. But what's really cool about it is it actually looks like the Dreamcast model. It's all blocky. It kind of actually looks like Dreamcast, like polygonal kind of look to it. It looks really nice. Nice. I have, um, I think it's like a, it's by a company called Figure 4 or Figure 5. It's like a 15-inch statue of Ryo Huzuki. Oh, that's the first four figures one, yeah. First four figures, so I'm happy to add any more Dreamcast figures in my life. But uh... Yeah, they did a Skies of Arcadia one, didn't they, as well? And Landy as well. I'm just looking around my room now. I must have about five or six like miniature Dreamcasts in various guises, <laughs> you know, around the around the shelves. You know, one's made of Lego over there and a couple <laughs> of those like small little molded ones, which are quite quite cool. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got quite a like collection that. of uh, Dreamcast uh, toys and figures as well. I've got a whole like House of Dead 2 collection of figures, which are quite nice. Nice. Do you uh, stand them up and like shoot ball bearing guns at them? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I think they're just sitting in the loft somewhere at the moment. <laughs> I've got like a, I've got like Brett, like sealed ones as well. So nice. I've got a crazy taxi, and I've got this big uh, radio uh, radio controlled crazy taxi. Yeah. It was quite a bit of money, but it, it's. I haven't actually been able to use it because it uses a weird 
uh, type of battery, but apparently it can actually spin yeah, or something. Yeah. Like it can actually, it's got like rotating wheels on it or something. But it's like a massive recreation of the crazy taxi car with like passengers and in it. It's just gorgeous. <laughs> who's, who's driving it? Is it Axel? Yeah, yeah, it's Axel. My favourite car in that is um, is Gus's, you know, the old school kind oh, of... Oh, the creepy Cadillac. guy. Well, you know, come on. Yeah. <laughs> he's spooky. He's really spooky. He's got that, hey, guys, voice. Uh, sorry, Damon, I cut you off there. No, I was just going to say, uh, a, a couple of years ago, I came across an ooh sex blow-up doll on nice. eBay. I was actually... I was going to send a tip oh to Tom, but it seemed, uh, it seemed inappropriate. <laughs> was it, it wasn't used, was it? Oh, uh, probably, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom back to the semen again. One, one owner. One, yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, funny. Actually, uh, on that bombshell, um, or on that note, I should say, um, Crazy Taxi. Has anyone played Crazy Taxi Gazillionaire yes. yet? Obviously, I, I have because I reviewed it. But uh, what uh, not yet. No, not you. What do you think? Mike? Yeah. It's weird, yeah. isn't it? It's like it carries on going in the background, and then you, you, I, I didn't play it for like five days. I log, I, I just tapped on it the other day to to log back in, and it was like you've made eighteen billion dollars. Yeah. I was like, right? Um, yeah, I've heard that the writing is really stellar, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a good, I mean, it's it's for what it is. It's a good game. I mean, I'm not really into mobile games, certainly not clickers. But when I played, it definitely that, looks I like one of those. So many mobile games, games where they basically just goes ka-ching a lot. Yeah, yeah, and also I like the fact that um, I like the fact that it's got the Offspring music, and that was That's that was quite, quite good. good. Oh, it actually has that, does it? Yeah, I saw it in the trailer, but I wasn't sure if that was actually in the game as well. The original Offspring tracks, is, yeah. There's, there's Offspring, yeah. but no, no bad religion. The mobile version of the original Crazy Taxi has all the original music as well, and it's the only port since the Dreamcast one that actually still has that music. It took wow. them all that time to re-license it. Oh, and also the uh, Sega Europe used a quote from my review in the sort of... Yeah, that was brilliant. Bit, which was quite cool, yeah. But yeah, you made um, it. They're happy to use us when they want to, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, right, let, let's uh, let's wrap this up. We've been chatting for for over an hour now, um, and yeah, I uh, just want to say thank you, Damon, for joining us. Uh, for hopefully, the first of many appearances on the on the Dream Pod. Hope you've uh, enjoyed your maiden trip. Yeah, thanks, guys. This was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Damon Filman. So it's just my full name at Damon Filman. And uh, Aaron, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at the Gagaman or Lucky Hit Series. And what about you, Mike? Uh, Twitter space underscore turnip. I am on Twitter at Tom Lee C, and we are all together on Twitter at the DC Junkyard. Also on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash the Dreamcast Junkyard. That's our page. Uh, our group, which is actually blowing up right now. Um, we're getting close yeah, to it. Yeah, really is. Is it 4,000 members? Something um, like that. It's gone it's, crazy lately. It's recently. really cool. And do you know what as well? I just want to I just want to give a shout out to all the people in the group because where we did have issues early on with people like trolling each other and arguing, it's kind of become a bit of a community where everyone's kind of just has a bit of a laugh rather than yeah. arguing. So I'm, I'm quite pleased yeah. with that. You know, it's, it's quite a friendly group. Um, so if you want to join the group, it's just groups forward slash Dreamcast Junkyard. I'll just type the Dreamcast Junkyard into the search box on um, on Facebook. And if you're not a spam bot, then you'll get approved. That's that's the only <laughs> criteria that you need <laughs> to join. But yeah, it's really cool. So uh, please feel free to join in the conversation. It's almost like a forum um, rather than a group. But uh, yeah. Also, thank you very much to our Patreon people uh, who donate $1 a month so we can keep the, uh, the podcast going. Well, I say that. We've not been here for a month, but we're going to be back much more regularly now. Uh, hopefully we're looking at a little bit of a format change as well, uh, but we'll announce that maybe in the coming days or weeks on the um, 
on the actual main site. So look out for that. But yeah, um, just remains for me to say uh, thank you to to you guys for for joining me on the uh, on the podcast, and also to you, the listener, for continuing to support the the site and uh, Dreamcast in general. So uh, yeah, give yourselves a big round of applause. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that with push to talk. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back sooner than the gap was between now and the last one, uh, and we'll see you then. Okay, everybody say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. So Bye. Hello. Please stop this disc now. Now, 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 now.